might do with what we share with you today, uh, I'm give, just telling you up front that it is going to involve some W-O-R-K, some work that you would have to embrace and apply and do the work. And I want you to be able to do that because uh, there's a why. And I want to share with, it, with you the why right up front as well. Uh, <clears throat> there, Whenever someone tells me something, I've, I've always been the, the curious one to want to know, well, why, why is that? Why are we talking about that? Why would, is this a good idea? And it leads us to a question because we talk uh, from time to time throughout the year about what is the wise thing to do? And, and I look at myself, and in light of my past experiences, you know, I look at past experiences and in terms of money and finance. And our, our, our financial peace guy, Dave Ramsey, will say uh, that we've all done stupid with money. And I would say, yes, I have. And I shared that with someone this morning. He said, yes, we have. I need a do-over. And it's kind of that you look at the past and see your past may be one that, you know, when we're talking about budgeting and percentage giving and percentage saving and percentage living, if that may be foreign to you, that's not what you grew up with. And you look at your past and you look at mistakes that you've made as you have uh, exceeded your income. Perhaps you tried to live on 110 or 20% of your income and you made some unwise decisions. So you look at your past and you think, okay, I, I see some things and I want to learn from that. I love it when I can learn from things and I have to repeat them and not have to uh, do something bad over again. So let's look at our past. You also look at your present. You look at your present circumstances. You know, in, in light of the future, and what I want, where I want to be in the future. I look at my present, and I know for for most of us, we would say, I want to, I want to leave a legacy. You know, I want to be able to leave something for my children and grandchildren that is helpful. And, and yet you may be one that your circumstances, someone left to you, and there was, not, there was no legacy. There was nothing to fight over except perhaps the final bill. And you know what I'm talking about. So you, you look at your present and you think, I don't want to repeat that. I don't want to do that over again. I think of the future, my future hopes and dreams. I look into the future and I think... I. Uh, how I want this to work out, how I want this to be. And so it, it affects my decisions. If I'm going to do the wise thing. And so that's the why behind what we share with you. Take in mind your, your past, your present, and your future. And say, just say, what, what's the wise thing to do? What's the wise thing to do? If our money could talk, it would tell us a few things. Um. And this is kind of a recap of where we've, where we've been the previous couple of weeks. Uh, money would say, I can add meaning to your life, but I'm not the meaning of life. You get that? Because it's a means to an end. And we want that means to be an end that's not me. It's not you. We want it to be something more than that. We want it to be something that that is eternal and something that impacts the lives of others and so we want it to to bring uh, <clears throat> meaning to life and not not be uh, the end to itself and that leads us to the next one uh, to what ends do you want your life to be a means to what ends do you want it to be do you 
can you recognize that perhaps your default is to take care of yourself first? And so if you get to thinking about that and thinking about, well, what, what end do I want in the future? Do I want to be a life, this one life that I want it to impact others as we live out this life and as we look forward to an eternity that is not about me? Money might say this, that I'm a better servant than a master. We looked at that last week, that uh, we, we cannot serve two masters. We might love the one and despise the other one. We, uh, you can't serve two masters. You can't serve both God and the devil. No, actually, you can't serve both God and money. What is it about that? How is it that Jesus, the 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 master teacher is able to, to know already and know ahead of time that we, we would struggle and that this would be the area where the rubber of life would actually meet the road because we would, this would be an area that we would struggle with probably as long as we walk here. And then we, because we're going to have tendencies that are going to be selfish. We're going to have to evaluate from time to time. And so money would say, I'm a better servant than a master. Money would say your self-control determines which of us gets control. Your self-control. Um, we shared last week the Apostle Paul telling us from Galatians 5, 22 and 23, the, uh, the fruit of the Spirit. That as we walk with Jesus, as we follow Him, that the work of the Spirit produces some fruit, produces outcome as we pay attention and as we follow. And I know I've spent a lot of time looking at at the fruit of the Spirit, and we get the love and the joy, the peace, the patience, but that last one, that self-control, that if we're actually walking in the Spirit, that it's possible that our lives might produce, our lives might have this outcome, that is self-control. Knowing that, that my non-spirit tendency might be that I, I, I'm going to tend toward me I'm going to have an appetite that could be out of control. And so, but walking in the Spirit, I could exercise some self-control. Money might say this also, that keep up or you'll be playing catch-up. Keep up or you'll be playing catch-up. And that's kind of where we're looking at today, that if we don't keep up with where our money's going. Because did you know that uh, every month, you have a certain amount come in, and, and it may vary. It may be different every month. But every month, our money goes somewhere, and we tell it where it's going to go. Now, you say, no, I don't. I didn't tell it to go anywhere. Well, you told it to go somewhere. You just may not be aware of where it actually went. And, and that leads us to these questions. You know, you get thinking about money and where it actually went, and you might say, well, you know, it seems to me... That, that, was, that was okay I, uh, to tell my money to, to take care of me about, to about 50% of, of what came in uh, and entertain me. Or I'm not sure. Or that can't possibly be. I look at where the funds go. You know, I, I want to kind of default as, as Paul and I look at where we tell our money to go. And she, <clears throat> she shops. She <clears throat> Likes to go to Megapaka. She's actually a star at Megapaka and has her own commercial. Um, but 
So she does that. In fact, even took care of me this week. But she's more of a thrifty shopper. You see, and I get looking at where the numbers go, and it's very shocking and surprising. I can't believe it that actually maybe the, the amount spent in a month might be it was more on me in the area of clothing. How can that possibly be? And uh, my excuse is, well, you know, I, I really needed those shoes because you know they're going to last me 10 years. But it's surprising when we actually look at it that perhaps things aren't going exactly the way that we would think or, or default to, and it's because we haven't actually taken the time to, to track it and take a hard look at it. But we all send it places. And here's the thing, and this is going to be bad English. I apologize in advance to my translator back there. But here's the thing is that we should all be knowing where our money is going. Okay? We just left off the G. Um, but it, 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 it flows better that way. But we all should be knowing where our money is going. And if you don't today, then this morning is for you as we look at this, this tool. And it's something that we could actually have some fun with. Money might go on to say this. I'm easy to track, but lose track of me and you will lose your peace of mind. Now, as I look back, and, and I would agree with Dave Ramsey and say, I, I've, I've done stupid with money, is that this would come to mind. You know, I lose track of it. I don't pay attention to it. And then things start, um, we lose our peace of mind. Someone calls. Hey, you forgot me. What's up with that? And, and we begin to wonder, okay, I've got more obligations than I have income and what am I going to do do I need to take on a second job or a, a third job or or what is it and so money would probably encourage us you know we should be tracking this we should be exercising some self-control a budget is this a budget is a theory that rarely reflects reality <laughs> why is that so funny I'll tell you why because I, I've seen some budgets. I've even made some budgets that are, um, I'm not very good with Excel, but other people are. And I've seen some beautiful Excel sheets of, that say budget on them. I've seen some, some beautiful Word documents and PDFs too that, that just have the right color scheme and everything's right there. And it's a beautiful world. And it becomes this folder that sits on our desk. And it's a, that's the end of it. And so it becomes, this budget is perhaps a theory. It's something that we create and then don't operate from too much, perhaps. And what we're encouraging to do is that, is that we all need a simple way to track actual spending. Track spending. And that's the tools we have for you. If you'll, again, text us at that number, you're going to receive some tools that will help you. There's even an app. There's even a beautiful app that will help us uh, because you'll leave here today and here's what will happen. You'll perhaps go down to Taco Felice and you'll purchase a 40Q combo meal. Well, that needs to be entered in. You may then go, uh, if it were me, I probably would then go to Pops. You know, and I, I like that uh, anybody ever wants to, to check it out. I really like the double scoop of chocolate chip in a cup. But that's going to be 15Q. I need to write that down. I like coffee. I really like the French press at Starbucks. 
uh, in the Columbia Medium Roast. If I'm not drinking it here, if I'm somewhere else. But that's what I would do. But if I'm going to do that, I'm going to write it down. Now, as I write this stuff down, it becomes that perhaps I realize that, you know what? I cannot do that more than once a week. That's foolish. I can't do that. It's not good for me. It also could do this as we track our expenses. It becomes a decision factor. You think, I don't want to write that down. I don't want to enter that down. So I'm not going to, it's not the wise thing to do to, to make that purchase. And so it's like this. When you, when you know you're going to record it, you'll be more inclined to consider whether you should afford it. I don't want to write that down. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to wait, perhaps next month. And that's the way the decision processes would go. In the paycheck to paycheck seasons, uh, in a season of life, and you might say, well, that's, that's been my whole life. Uh, but paycheck to paycheck season, this habit of tracking expenses, it actually will tra- take the pressure off. Because you'll be more, pay more attention to where you're actually going to put things and where you're actually going to spend. In the years of plenty, this habit puts pressure on. You know, I, I don't know that I'm in that season yet, uh, but I can see perhaps it's coming as I can get more and more 18-year-olds out of the house and living on their own and paying their own bills. That perhaps I, we, we, Paul and I have more to work with. But this could create discipline then. So again, that we don't default to our own wish list and we kind of look at and consider, well, we want to we increase our generosity. We want to give beyond even a 10%. Or we want to we see God give us the opportunity to, to grow our giving and not just a minimum, but we want to give more. And it kind of, I can see where in years of plenty, this would help us to be more accountable. The more you have and the more you make, the closer attention you should pay to where it's going. There's a temptation, though. You may sit here today and think, well, I really don't have enough to worry about. It just, it's coming in, it's all going out. And yet I, I would encourage you to do this. I don't have a slide for this, but it's an easy spelling, and it's going to be in English, Mr. Translator. But globalrichlist.com. I'd encourage you to check it out. Here's, here's some interesting things. You go on there. It's very simple. You plug in an amount of money. And I, I do it in dollars. But if you have an income of $5,000 a year, it would put you in the top 25% of the world's wealth at $5,000. Because it's a big old world out there, people. And there are people that have far less than you and I that are probably sitting here today. If you said, well, my income's a little more than that. Let's say that I had an income of $20,000 a year. And then $20,000 a year would put me in the top 5% of the world's wealth. That's it. We end up having more than 95% of the rest of the world. Some of you say, well, you know, we're both working. And, or I've had a really good year. And... <clears throat> My income is $100,000 a year. And if that were you, that puts you in the top 1% of the world's wealth. I mean, you're right there with Bill Gates and LeBron James 
the top. You're at the top of the pinnacle. You're in the same realm, the same percentage category as some of the wealthiest people in the world. Globalrichlist.com. Write that down and have some fun with it. So we do have, and we do have more than most in the world. And we need to pay attention to where it's going. Here's our challenge for us. It's to document our spending for two months. Document our spending. See, last, last week we talked about, uh, let's document our giving for two months. And I suggested to you to percentage give. And if you can, start with 10%. That you would give first, you would save then 10% second, and you would live on the rest, the other 80%. And if you can't do that, then find a percentage that you can do. But for two months, try to do something that holds you accountable. Now today, documenting your spending for the next two months, it's taking the tool that we're offering you, and you, you leave from here today and you begin to document what your expenses are. And just writing it down. Just seeing where you're telling your money to go. When it comes to money and possessions, I shared with you last week that you know, Jesus said more about that than he actually did about heaven. Because he knew this would be a struggle. And we hear the messages of Jesus. We hear his teaching on eternity and upon heaven. And we're betting on the words of John. For God so loved the world that he gave. And he gave not just a percentage. He gave his only son. He gave it all. And so we hear the teaching of Jesus. And we, we apply that to our life. Yes, Jesus. I want to walk with you. In other areas, we hear what Jesus uh, could do for us. And uh, in terms of health, and sometimes health is a challenge. And so, God, we ask for your intervention. We need your help. Uh, we have a wayward child, and, and we, we, God, we need your help. We need what only you can do. And so we bring these things in a matter of prayer. We hear what he says, and we apply it to our life. We've defined our relationship with God based on Jesus' invitation to address him as Father. He's a good, good father. And so we identify with what Jesus is saying. And yet there's a next step. Uh, why wouldn't you lean just as heavily on what he said about money and possessions? That we just simply do what he says. And I would answer that with a theory of my own. A theory that would say, well, you know, it, when it comes to eternity, we realize, well, there's nothing I can do for me. I have an expiration date. And so I need some help. And so it's very easy to apply that because I can't control it. I can't do anything. When there's a bad health diagnosis and we need what only God can do, well, that's beyond our control. And so we, we need his help. When we can't communicate anymore to the child that has walked away, and we can't do anything about it. It's beyond our control. And so it's very easy then. God help me with this. But let it be finances and possession. And it's something tangible. And it's something that I have some part of control over. And then I like to get my hands all over it. I like to be in control of it. I, I hear what you're saying, Jesus. I hear what you're saying about money and possession. And yet I think I'll hold on to what I have here a little bit. I'll let you know when I need some help. Or I need a big check. 
Because that's always the answer. But perhaps there's more than that. I want to I frame this this morning around a, uh, this passage in Matthew chapter 25 and verse 14. It's a parable. And in parables, you can look for and see this. There's always part of that represents God. And there's another part of the parable that represents others. Represents me and you. All of us today. And that's what we see here in this passage. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. A man going on a journey and he's wealthy. Who would that be? He's going away for a while. But I'm going to leave you with all my stuff. I'm not giving it to you. You're not, you don't own it. I'm going to be the owner who does that, what does that look like? What does that sound like? He called his servants. I think I fall in that category. And you do as well. And so all of us fall into that category. And so he's going away and he's leaving the servants. And I'm putting you in charge. You're going to be the manager. I'm entrusting my wealth to them, to us. When we talk about an owner and a manager, and I, I thought about, I, I think we press through that too quickly sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. He's the owner. I'm the manager. But you kind of got to, you really got to look at that and how that applies to your life. Because you may be like me. You, you've got some things that have your name on it. You have a car or a property or a house or something. And you might get to thinking that you own it but we don't own it. When I went into the Air Force years ago and I I went through some training and finally at one point, it was a proud day for me and they finally said, here is your airplane. Sergeant Green, you're in charge. And I was just excited. I mean, we're talking a Boeing 707. Big old plane, multi-million dollar aircraft. And they said, don't break it. But this is yours. In fact, you get to put your name on the side. And I, I was, what a proud Papa moment. I got to, uh, my name painted on the side of that airplane. That was my baby. And I, and I treated it that way. We, I slept on that plane. I ate on that plane. I scrubbed that plane literally with a toothbrush. I had, I think, the cleanest airplane in, in that whole squadron. My, people loved to fly my airplane. If I found anything that was deteriorated, anything that needed to be replaced, I discovered that Uncle Sam would let me order anything. I guess they passed it on to the taxpayer, but they just let me order anything. And so my plane was beautiful, people. I got a new paint job. I replaced every seat in that thing. And I I just scrubbed it down. I painted the floor. Uh, I I got a a new bathroom facility. I took care of that thing. Slept with it. Just loved on it. Funny thing happened though. I got to the end of my uh, relationship with the Air Force. And I had to make a decision. And I decided, uh, and I I informed them, I'm going to separate. I I need to get out and go back to school. And um, it it became very clear at that point upon that decision 
that they were not going to let me take that airplane with me. It, it was shocking, but I did not own it. You see, I'd been the manager, and they owned it. And, wow, you know, and so we had a heartfelt parting and goodbye. And, and guess what happened? After, after my management tenure was over, they actually found somebody else. And they got to paint their name on there. And I, I've checked, that plane's still flying today. And there's someone else's name on it. I haven't been on that plane since 1987. Still, things still fly. It's scary, I know, but... <laughs> but they, that's how it works. We don't own anything. Everything that might even have your name on it, it's not yours. God owns everything. And He gets, gives us the opportunity to manage and it's entrusted to us. We look at that passage, and I, <clears throat> I want you to be able to frame everything we've talked about this morning around that passage. And see this, as you take time to read all that passage, re read that on your own today. But it, it, it was not the amount that they were asked to manage that was the big deal. It's what they did with what they were asked to manage. You read through that and they, the, all the different servants, they had different amounts to take care of. It was not the same. It's the same as this very room today. We all have different things that we're responsible for, different amounts. Some, one person in this room has more to take care of than everybody else. And others, you, you, you've got a little bit to take care of. But it's not, again, the amount that you're asked to manage. It is what you did with what you were asked to manage. And this is about money managers. Okay, you, you accept today, I, I, I'm a money manager, I'm a manager, I get it, I get it. Okay, well money managers don't feel guilty. Money managers feel responsible and accountable for all of it. I don't feel guilty. But God, what you've given me to work with, I want to be accountable, I want to be responsible. And that's what speaks to me today as I look at what God has entrusted to me to take care of. That I need to know where the master's money is going. I need to be a knowing where the master's money is going. Okay? That's the deal. How we manage money, folks, it speaks volumes about who and whose we are. How we manage it. You see, because we, you identify with me today, you track with me today and say, yeah, I, I'm counting on the words of John. I'm counting on eternity. I'm counting on being able to, that God intervene in those areas that I can't have any control over. But maybe I get it today. That God has also given me a portion to take care of, to be a manager over. And I've got my hands all over it, and I need to take my hands off a little bit. I need to have a little more freedom and openness. And I want I wanted to be pleased with what he's given me to manage. I belong to him. My life is committed to you, Lord. I understand what you're telling me. I understand that there's a struggle here and there's a tension. And I don't want to walk in that in a way that's unpleasing to you. But I want to I wanna be the kind of manager that it's all good. That people know 
let people know. Because you think about, uh, you could be here today even and not be a Christ follower. But, and I remember not being a Christ follower. And it was, I took special attention to those that God put in my path that were especially generous. Maybe scratched my head. I thought, you know, if I had what they had, I know what I'd be doing. Why do they choose to drive that Volkswagen when they could be driving a Cadillac? They knew something I didn't know. But I took note of it. There was a motivation. There are people around us. There are people uh, in my life even today that I look and I see, man, they are giving it away. They are generous. They get this whole upside down kingdom thing. They're not fighting it. They're not, they're not just trying to be as minimal as they can. But God, they just want to be as generous as they can. They want, to make, they want to see you look good. They want to see you be known to the nations. It's an awesome thing. I want to invite our musicians to come up here and join me and help me today. And pray for you. And they're going to close us out with a song about the goodness of God. In Spanish, and you may know this in English or Spanish today, but be reminded of the goodness of God. And He's given you so much to take care of and so much to manage, and He is the owner. We want you, encourage you, and I, I here's here's what hangs in the balance, folks. It's it's where you are today, but it's also the future. And, and, and the impact you want to have on the kingdom of God. And the impact you want to have in your own family. The example you want to leave. This WhatsApp number, text that number. The table in the back, uh, sign up for that course. Let's be difference makers. Today, it was a very practical tool for you. But it requires some work. And I want to invite you as we pray today to consider the work that you might need to do. Will you pray with me as we stand together? Father God, I thank you today. I thank you that it's clear that you do own it all. I thank you that it's clear that you've appointed some managers, people who've said yes to you. You've given us opportunity and responsibility. We see the need for accountability so that we don't fall subject to ourselves and our own needs. So God, today, I, I give, just pray you would find freedom here to speak to the hearts of men and women, that we might be encouraged to take some action today, to take some very practical steps so that the financial world that's in our future looks very different because you're in charge, because you've led us, because we did the work. God, find surrendered hearts here today. We love you, Lord. Your goodness is amazing. Lead us now as we sing in Jesus' name.